Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome to Outbound Metrics. Jed Marley is the Global Manager of Outbound Sales Development at Pandadoc. Teams use Pandadoc to improve document workflows, insights, and speed while delivering an amazing experience for their customers. Businesses trust Pandadoc's all-in-one document automation software to streamline the process to create, approve, and e-sign proposals, quotes, contracts, and more. Jed, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Are you ready to dive in? Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Would love to go through your story of Panda, PandaDoc. I think it's really inspirational, really shows you the power of sales. Just to give people a quick overview, I want to go through kind of what you wrote about that in your LinkedIn profile. 2019, graduated high school, had zero sales experience and no degree, but you took a risk by moving across the country to apprentice at a fast-growing startup, PandaDoc. And in less than a year, you became a leading SDR, built repeatable outbound playbooks, scripts, and sequences for the SCRs and AEs and broke several company records. And now you're managing a team of over 18 SCRs to scale PandaDoc's outbound team to the moon. It's on the moon. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I'd like you to take us back there. How did you find out about the opportunity at PandaDoc? I was homeschooled. Growing up. I graduated high school a year early and I didn't want to do college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't have scholarships or really money set aside. It didn't make sense for me. I found this program called Praxis. If you look it up on LinkedIn, it's Discover Praxis. And Praxis is like a six-month professional development bootcamp. Um, it's all online, all remote. You do it for six months. You learn basically all the basic skills you need to kind of get your first professional job. And then the goal is at the end of the six-month bootcamp, you start pitching other startups to try to get a job there. It's not necessarily sales-focused. You could look for an operations, marketing, sales job. For me, I was looking for sales. And I did that program. I was 17. And then I interviewed for like 10 different startups and Panadoc was the first person to say yes, or the first company to say yes to me. And when they did, I was like, finally, all right. So I, I took the move from Michigan down to Florida and started working there at the end of 2019. You just cold emailed Panadoc? It was, uh, we did like mini projects, right? What I did specifically for Panadoc was, I believe it was, I, I came up with like a lead list. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, based on what you guys sell, these are some people I think could be 
good potential prospects for you. Here's the email sequence I would use to reach out to them. Here's the cold call script. I basically, the, the project was trash. Like the, the, it was not good, <laughs> but the initiative, nobody's doing that. Right. And I sent right. them a video of me over, like going over the project and the fact that I knew I wasn't experienced and, but I wanted them to take a chance on me. And the fact that I built this project for it, sent it to them, took that initiative. That's really all you need to see when you're trying to take a risk on somebody who doesn't have experience. Do they have the initiative and the willingness to learn? And that's what that project accomplished. It showed them that I have that willingness to learn. And that's ultimately what led to me getting a job. It basically took, you, you did like the work up front for them, right? Because you essentially, everything they would try to verify that you could yep. do in the interview or that they would be able to teach you after an onboarding process, or whatever, you did it and then yep. just showed it to them. And like you're saying, of course, no one is doing stuff like that. Did they, they didn't even have a job posting up for an SDR. You just went for it. They had a job posting up for what they call lead development representatives, which is mm-hmm. like a step below SDR. And it's an hourly hourly job, six-month contract. I was getting paid 15 bucks an hour. And they had that on the website. I tried looking for SDR jobs. I, I wasn't able to land any. Usually people wanted a college degree or experience, or they found out I was 17 and they were like, nah, we're good. But specifically for Pandadoc, the, the LDR role is data enrichment. And the idea is you'll do some data enrichment. You'll learn the tech stack. You'll start to learn entry-level SDR stuff. And then once you're ready, you'll move to an SDR. And so I thought that role was perfect for me. I'm like, I can show them I can do that. That's what I pitched for. And that was on the website. Like that was on the job applications. Awesome. You saw some of those out there and pitch yourself for that, essentially. Yep, exactly. Good stuff. You're at, at PandaDoc. You're working there. What is your first memorable like tranche of work there? Like my first three, six months, year? Or like what was happening in that time? First three months, I was doing all the data enrichment and I would enrich leads for the SDRs. They could focus on cold calling, emailing, and spending more time looking for leads. And on the side, I would enrich some leads for myself. For example, people might have downloaded an ebook and I would call those ebook leads or kind of the trash leads that nobody wanted to call. I would kind of keep some of those for myself. And then I would start calling those leads. And my first like memorable moment at Pan and just in sales in general is we had a holiday spiff Christmas of 2019. And it was the, like whoever made the most phone calls in the week won this flat screen TV. And they opened it up for the LDRs and the SDRs. And I out dialed the, like, the entire SDR team and won the flat screen TV. And that was my first moment where I was like, this is awesome. Like kind of like experienced the, 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 the joy that comes with sales. And um, it kind of really took off from there. The next month I was promoted. And I really just focused on saying, hey, I know I'm not as experienced as everybody else, but I can outwork you. And with that extra work, I'll start to kind of learn the actual skills. And that's the mindset I took. And it, it, it helped me get promoted to full-time SDR um, in about three months. Got it. In three months, you got promoted to SDR. What are you doing now? Or what were you doing then as an SDR? Yeah, it was a brown, brand new outbound team. We had a, a very large inbound SDR team, but outbound was very new to Pandadox. I got the joy of basically figuring it all out with a few other SDRs and a couple other people on the team, trying out new uh, sequences, new call scripts, new targeting. Pandadoc, we sell like e-signatures. We can sell to a lot of different industries, figuring out which industries are the best, who are the personas I need to talk to. It was a lot of trial and error for like that first year and figuring things out. But with that, I started to kind of find some success. I started figuring things out. I was doing for a couple months, like over 200% to my number. And uh, I really started to figure it out. And going into 2021, they wanted to really scale the app on SDR team. We had three at the time, myself being one of them. And I was promoted to a team lead position. And then we scaled that team to, we're around 18 SDRs now in 2022. As soon as you're an SDR, you're the first outbound 
SDR. One the first, I think it was like the, the fourth, maybe. One of the few in the beginning um, who started. You are, you're having to kind of take a step back and look at like, who's our market? Who are our prospects? Why do they buy from us? And like develop messaging out of that. And like you mentioned, Panadoc, you sell to different verticals, right? Yep. You guys are horizontal SaaS, I believe. You're selling to all these different verticals. What did you like walk me through what you were doing to start to like figure that out? And how did you put it together? package it up to something people can use. For sure. Yeah, it was tough. Like the first three months, I wasn't really doing anything specific. I was just, like I said, dialing the phone and just trying to get to my quota by pure work ethic. And I realized that only takes you so far. Like I would have some months where I missed quota. I had some bad months. I had some good months, but it's really hard to be consistent and you burn out really fast when you're just relying on mm-hmm. hammering the phone and hitting everybody. I really took a step back. It started with the cadences or sequences, whatever you want to call them. I was doing a lot of research. I think in the early days, I was researching some of Sam Nelson's stuff from Outreach. But really, there's tons of stuff. Eventually, I got into Justin Michael. He has a lot of good content on email messaging. And so I started also talk, connecting with people on LinkedIn and saying like, hey, sequence structure is working for you. And I started just trying and tinkering with different things. Like, Luckily, I was able to do that at that time because we were so early stage that I had the freedom to tinker with stuff. And so that's what it was. I started tinkering with different cadence structures, uh, different messaging. And I just made it a practice to constantly try to A-B test stuff. I started honing in on really specific, like one industry and then trying to figure it out. Like nonprofit, for example, we had never got it. But when COVID started, there was a, a big need for e-signatures. I really kind of dove into that industry, that vertical, figured it out, figured out who the right personas were and kind of made that into a, a vertical that we still target today. But it was a lot of just kind of focus and trying out new ideas from, from content outside like LinkedIn or podcast, whatever. How did you know when you figured out an industry or figured out a vertical for pay? If I can, that's a good question. I knew I figured it out when we started closing deals in that vertical, right? When we closed our first nonprofit deal, and then I could start consistently saying, okay, I can book three meetings a week in this vertical and I can teach somebody else how to do it. That was the big thing. I can create a cadence that I know if I put a hundred people in this vertical into this cadence, we're going to get five opportunities from it. And that was, I started really looking at the data. Okay. I put 100 people in this cadence. I got this many opportunities. How can I improve that? And really getting kind of down into the details of that sort of thing. Yeah, I imagine it's got to be like you are trying to figure out the vertical and then you just notice like replies. Yep, let's meet. And then there's certain opportunities. We want a few. Okay, I got it. It's kind of like that. You're trying to start that bike chain and then it it catches on and it's like, boom, you got it. You know? Exactly. Um, good stuff. You just, did you do anything specific to document? all that stuff? Do you use PandaDoc to document it? <laughs> Surprisingly, no. I don't even use PandaDoc that much, which is, which is kind of funny. Even though it's a great tool, I would definitely recommend it. <laughs> but no, I created like a playbook to kind of, I remember it was uh, somewhere in mid-2020 where I created like this outbound playbook where it was, these are the verticals that I've identified we can go after. These are the, the main personas that based on my own kind of anecdotal, but still a good amount of, of research and data, these are the best personas to reach out to. And I kind of documented all of it, created Loom videos on how to pull these people from Zoom info and into a cadence, how to send the emails. And I really just, anything I was doing, I was documenting it. If it was a, a cold call opener, I would document it. And I just started naturally teaching that to the other SDRs and the team. They started to catch on. They would use my cadences. And then again, like I said earlier, when 2021 came around and we wanted to scale the team, I really positioned myself well to kind of be that team lead. Awesome. You It's basically this living document. You're writing down this information, organizing it, creating videos, showing people how to actually utilize that information. Yeah. Very cool. At this point, you are team lead, right? For the outbound SDRs. Where do we go from there? 
Yeah, uh, team lead, we had like three SDRs just at the beginning of 2021. I was still figuring out management and everything. And then we we scaled to like 16 by the end of 2021. Yeah, it was, I thought I had a process down, right? But then you start to learn pretty quick that a process that might work with three is not going to be the same that works with 16. It adapted, like that same playbook still exists today. But mm-hmm. the big thing I did is whenever we bring a new SDR and we want somebody that's collaborative, that's creative, that's going to look for new ideas. The biggest thing is whenever a new SDR would come in, I would teach them the process that worked for me. And I'd say, hey, this has been proven to work. Here's what I want you to do for your first three months of ramp. But then after that, poke holes in it, try to figure out how you can make it better. And that's kind of the process and how it adapted over the, how it evolved over the last year. But we would give them the process and then we'd ask them to poke holes in it and just make it better and better with each SDR that we brought on. What is something an SDR poked holes in that worked really well? Yeah, no, that's a good question. There's there's a lot of things. I'm trying to think of a, a really good example. I'd say one of the biggest ones was the amount of automated emails we had. We had a lot, a lot of automated emails that were going on in our old cadences. And what we realized with the amount of SDRs we had on the team, like we couldn't, that many automated emails go, going out was, was kind of spammy in a sense. Mm-hmm. And we, we brought some SDRs on who were really good at figuring out how to personalize emails uh, in a much better way. They would poke holes in the amount of automated emails we had and figure out ways to kind of personalize, but still do it in an efficient way. That was the biggest thing. And I'd say the email, uh, honestly, just like different email templates, they're the ones that are sending out those email templates. They would look at it and say, hey, I think this could be better. I think that's a big thing as well. If you're like an SDR manager and you're creating these templates, you're not the one sending them out and actually getting the responses. Lean on your SDRs to say, hey, like I'm not getting responses from this, or I think we should switch this up because they're the ones that are actually on the front lines sending those emails out, doing that sort of thing. They're the best people to lean on for that. Got it. You're giving them, you're, you're giving them this training, standard training. This will work for me. And then give, letting them use their own creativity. And a lot of that comes out tactically through something as not small, but as like as specific as the email copy they're sending out. Exactly. Sure. Curious as like, as, as your team's growing, you mentioned like what worked for three didn't work for 16. What, what else was helpful with like onboarding a team of that size? ramping up a team of that size. Yeah. Well, one of them was getting an enablement team. So as you go, you start to get an enablement team. Obviously that helps quite a bit. I think it all comes down to documenting was the biggest thing. Like anytime I would ramp a new SDR on, I'd say, where were the holes in this process that we can improve on for the next SDR, which you have to document that. Like, for example, I might teach them how to, how we pull leads in using Zoom info. And I might like not explain a certain part. And then it kind of causes them to be slowed down when they're ramping up. Like the next time we, we onboard a new SDR, I'm saying, hey, like I, I make sh- I have that doc and I'm making sure that they know that piece of Zoom info or that piece of the tech stack they need to learn. Like a big example was teaching reps how to use Salesforce reports. I think that's like one of the biggest things I've seen between really successful SDRs and even account executives and unsuccessful ones is like, can you use a success or can you create Salesforce reports and, and leverage that? That was a big thing that we started teaching during onboarding that we weren't doing in the past and, and realized that it made a huge difference. Yeah, it, it kind of all comes down to just documenting things. Awesome. Building this this like archive of onboarding materials, training materials, and it's just, you're sharpening that ax. You're getting it, yep. getting it better. I like teaching reps to use Salesforce reports or creating their own Salesforce reports. I have not seen a lot of that at the SCR level, but that's very interesting. Same thing with that like creativity you're talking about, allowing them to yeah. take the wheel on their own. Awesome, man. What's your day-to-day like now as a global manager? Out? Yeah, day-to-day is, we just hired a new vice president of sales development. She's she's great. She has a lot of experience. She knows how to 
kind of organize things and is going to help us get to that next level eventually IPO. And for me right now, it's a lot of documentation. I know we've been talking about that for the whole podcast, but it's a lot of like documentation, organizing things. We just promoted a new team lead, but kind of delegating a lot of the coaching and more one-on-one time with the reps to them and kind of working on more of our ABM strategies. We need to get a little bit more detailed and specific in certain verticals and, and how we're actually making the most out of each account as opposed to like a spray and pray method, working on the overall strategy so that it can be much more scalable. Those are the big things I'm working on. And then little issues come up, like for example, rules of engagement issues that come up as your team starts to grow and you need to kind of document that process, force it. Just the kind of natural things that come with a growing startup is a lot of what my day-to-day is, getting things ironed out, organizing, documenting, all that fun stuff. For sure. What's your, what's your favorite vertical to sell to in PandaDoc it? Yeah, a lot of what made me successful. Well, first of all, software, I think, is still my favorite just because I think you have to be really, it forces you to be really creative because everybody's reaching out to software salespeople. Mm-hmm. But like I said earlier, nonprofit was a big one that I broke in. And I really like that one because there's lots of like franchises and chains within the nonprofit vertical. And so if you can reach out to one and kind of close them, then the hook is just, hey, we just worked with so and so in your kind of vertical or in your franchise and your chain. We help them with this. Would you be open to kind of learning what they did? And that's literally the opener. And just leaning on that social proof of somebody that they, it's like a domino effect. You book the first one and you just get more and more social proof. And that's what helped me be really successful. And it was a big reason why I really liked the, the nonprofit vertical. Awesome. Was, it, was, was there anything in like a specific industry, maybe even nonprofit, that was a reason why that industry would use your product or a product like yours than others? I'm just curious of that too. Yeah. Our, our main competitor is DocuSign, mm-hmm. right? And without getting like too specific into the competitive details, we have like, there's a few things we do, or I guess, how do I put this? We have plans that might be a little bit more flexible or a little bit more appealing to like a nonprofit in terms of like budget. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah. And there's other things as well. Just the, the user friendliness. A lot of nonprofits are, they're doing like, they're sending applications and sometimes it's like elderly people, for example, that might be filling okay. out these applications or they're working with people that maybe don't have the most, they're not the most tech savvy. Mm-hmm. And Panadoc is a lot more kind of user friendly, easy to pick up really quick, intuitive. And that was another big kind of selling point when it comes to nonprofits and, and selling a signature. I love it. Jed Marley, make sure to catch Actionable Tactics every other Sunday to help you book more meetings uh, by subscribing to Jed's newsletter, practicalprospecting.substack.com. That's practicalprospecting.substack.com. Jed, pleasure to have you on. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Morgan. You have a good one. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.